So we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around current sports knowledge, mostly highlighting NBA, NFL, and sometimes college. This week, we give you the best of the XFL and its new changes, uh, rules, and the fact that it's going to be about a month from now that it starts back up. The Kevin Durant versus Kendrick Perkins Twitter beef, Zion's comments about wanting to stay at Duke another year, NBA All-Star votes, and a couple changes in that, the Steph Curry possibly collusion with Giannis to try to get him to the Warriors, along with the National Championship, LSU versus uh, Clemson. Of course, throwing in those NFL games, too, which were quite exciting this past weekend. But before we get started, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the host. My name is Alex, and Muhammad, say something for them. Hey, just want to say what's up to all our listeners. Thank you for listening, and keep listening. Also, subscribe to our podcasts and other platforms, including Instagram and Twitter. And I also want to say, what a great NFL playoff so far. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it has been quite exciting. Uh, yeah, I'll just leave it there because we'll definitely get into it. But <laughs> we begin with the NBA. And it's a possible collusion type of situation uh, with Steph Curry and Giannis, which Steph Curry has been already uh, stated as a all-time great player as he has changed a generation. But uh, with Steph Curry on the bench uh, with a – hand injury for the past couple months for the Warriors. The Warriors in general have been pretty inept and not really recognizable from what you've noticed uh, them to be in the past five years. But a video has gone viral where Steph Curry at the end of the game versus the Milwaukee Bucks that Giannis plays for uh, is kind of caught saying, come, let's do this. And possible reference to Giannis joining the Warriors, as it's been kind of uh, where most people have kind of been hearing these things on the backside, but can't really make any uh, any actual request from Giannis to try to come to the Warriors. But in the wake of this going viral, Steph Curry says that he well he claims that he was referring to a gamer tag and that he was pretty much saying for Giannis and him to team up on a video game. But, of course, we're going to ask, do you believe Steph Curry that he was talking about teaming up on a video game, or was this a sneak attack to acquire Giannis when he becomes a free agent? I really don't know how to feel about this. Um, On one hand, you should take it very seriously because he did recruit Kevin Durant. I think before that season, or during the season they were talking to him, and it, it's just hard to say right now. If players really want to discuss teaming up in the future, they can just text each other. Why make it public and, you know, talk in front of a crowd or in front of an arena? So I don't know which way to take this, but I'm going to take the safe side on this one. And he said something about a gamer tag teaming up on there. I'm going to take that side. Okay, Uh, I applaud your faith in Steph Curry, but like you said, he was a part of recruiting Kevin Durant. Um, From what I know, it mostly was Draymond, it was uh, other players, but Steph Curry did jump on a plane to try to get uh, 
Kevin Durant to stay with the Warriors. And just so we're going to start off with a base of he does like to have a top player with him, mostly in the top three when he's supposed to be considered in that top three. So, but when I look at it, I, I don't believe him. I, and I, I definitely, were you saying that they could text? I think that just makes it more obvious that he was uh, doing something he wasn't supposed to do, if that goes down that way. You don't know how Giannis is actually going to react or whether he lets uh, the proper people know that he is texting about um, joining the Warriors. So I, I could see your point on them texting instead of doing it in public. And he did not expect this video to go viral. He was simply just saying something to him quickly at the end of a game where Steph Curry's sitting in his regular clothes and Giannis is just ending the game. And he, he, it's a, it's a vague comment. It's come on, let's do this. But it's, I'm leaning heavily towards uh, Steph Curry trying to recruit Giannis to join the Warriors. It just seems to be that way. And why not? Uh, why not line yourself up for a better future, and especially when they have great facilities with the Warriors? The real thing thing here is if he really accepts it. That that's the real thing. Um, and I don't think Giannis is built that way. I think he wants to win with the Bucks and be the cornerstone player for that franchise. He wants to bring them to fruition. I, I don't know if they've had any. Oh yeah, they had some past players, but it's been a very long time. But he wants to bring that back, the winning style, back to the Bucks. I, I can hear, I, I hear you because I do think that uh, Giannis is that type of person. He wants to kind of do it the hard way, not completely the hard way, but do it the hard way. Where he wants he to do it the right it. way. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that's really the right way. That, that that's all perception because the right way is simply just staying within the rules of the NBA. In this situation. Steph Curry's not staying within the rules of the NBA if he is slightly uh, insinuating that Giannis should join the Warriors. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Giannis is the type to want to do it the, I would say, the hard way versus saying the right way. Um, but he's also a person who wants to win. And if Milwaukee can, can't prove that they can actually win a championship in the next two years, he is gone. He, he is, he will be at a point where he'll be one of the top three players for a consistent amount of time that he w will want that championship attached to his name or otherwise it's going to look bad on him. For example, James Harden. Yeah, James Harden, but people want him to be the next LeBron. They, they want Giannis to be the next LeBron so they can have that, uh, I, don't, I don't know, maybe seven, eight finals appearances in a row that type of thing where he runs the East. And I feel like Giannis, he wants to stay there. He he wants to have or well, spend his whole career with the Bucks, And it's it's just hard to see him going to another team or going to the Warriors. I would say that he would recruit somebody from another team first before he moves from there. Well, who wants to move to Milwaukee? That's not, that's not a real question, but it's more rhetorical. But really, who wants to move to Milwaukee? It's like moving to to Cleveland. It's just hard to do, no matter how great a player you are. If people really believe in Giannis, then they'll go. But it's still going to be rare. I agree, but uh, just to kind of answer the question, I don't believe Steph that he was referring to a gamer tag. He he might have put it in 
uh, in between mode where you don't really know. But I I don't think this is going to keep them from recruiting him extremely hard once they do have the opportunity to get him there. Uh, especially it it makes it even better when you get the okay from the top player from the league I and mean, from that uh, team that franchise. I guess so. I don't know. I'm just going to go for the gamer tag at this point. Okay. Yeah, I, I, would, I do respect that. You do are taking the uh, – the uh, giving them the benefit of doubt in this situation. And maybe we may be making something out of nothing, which is very true. Uh, but do you think fans should take away from Steph Curry's legacy if he teams up with another top three player in the league, especially Giannis? I don't think they should take away from his legacy if he does team up. It's only if after the the post Kevin Durant era, if they don't succeed in any way, then maybe you should take away from his legacy. But teaming up with another player, I I really at this point I don't see Steph Curry's legacy getting any bigger. He he's pretty pretty big right now, and it's it's just really hard to see him eclipsing anything other than what he is right now because he's already teamed up with another big name player. And if he does it again, I mean, it's whatever. I, I don't see him moving up any further. Okay. Like, I, I, I want to pick parts out of what you said in a way. Like, um, yeah, I don't think anything will happen to his legacy because it's cemented. Right now, his legacy is something of changing uh, the way people play basketball. So that can't really be changed because he has the numbers on a lot of different ways. The only thing he doesn't have is a – Finals MVP, which is the only trophy he's really lacking uh, for the NBA. Um, now, I would take away from how much you put him above other players if he teams up with Giannis. Because if he teams up with Giannis, I think they win two championships. I think there's at least two championships in the waiting if they, they team, up, team up. Steph Curry's young enough. Uh, of course, Giannis is young enough. And if you're keeping Clay, which I think they end up keeping, that's the only three you really need to rule the NBA in in the future here. Because at that point, I think uh, LeBron will be definitely on his downswing uh, for his career. Uh, so I wouldn't take anything from his overall legacy because, like you said, you can't really take away from what he has done so far. But – I would take away from if people started to have this this talk of Steph Curry being better than LeBron or better than Jordan or better than certain players, just because you you have to you have to uh, lean on the fact that he got Kevin Durant, that that he got Giannis, and if he ends up with five championships in the end, uh, you just you're gonna have to put more on that first one because it always seemed like uh, when healthy when the Cavs were healthy, that they weren't going to actually get another championship. Most people are going to be both on either side on that one, but it really makes it hard to even think they could since they did get Kevin Durant. Um, I mean, they they might have been able to get another championship without uh, Kevin Durant, but I I don't know. But I just don't think he, he goes up or down from this point. Okay, I, I, I can definitely respect that uh, response also. So how likely do you think it is that Giannis joins the Warriors when he does become a free agent? Zero percent chance. Zero. Wow. He's not going there. He's not going anywhere. He's staying right with the Bucks to win a championship with them. Giannis is 
he's a, a, a true guy. I, I really don't see him changing teams. I mean, people could say the same thing about Kevin Durant, but honestly, he just seems different. Because at the time, I think Kevin Durant, he was like, oh, uh, what's, what's with all these players joining up to uh, win a championship? I'm just trying to stay on this one team. And, and then you see I flipped. But I think Giannis, he's a true player. He wants to stay in the hometown and win one for the Bucks. Well, it's not his hometown. So, yeah, I, I hear you. <laughs> no, the I, team I, that I he drafted I know what you meant. Yeah, like I definitely heard it, it, it knew what you meant, but I didn't want to uh, mislead anyone who doesn't know that he did not. He's not from Milwaukee. It's not a LeBron situation where he's returning back to his home state. Um, but I can I can agree a little bit on this one. I think it's more of time will tell because I don't know how his attitude about not joining up with players will change if he's constantly denied. And it, it, I think it makes it even worse if they don't get to the to the actual championship. Let's say for some reason he just does not make it out of the East this year and next year. Now, that may change his mental about joining a team that can win, especially with the at that point, let's say Warriors haven't won one in those two years. Uh, they're clearly not going to win one this year because they're the worst team in the in the league. Um, and I'm not just saying that it, it's by stats. And I really don't think they win one next year. So at that point, there's enough of a hiatus where they may feel they do need to tool up to get a, a championship. And Giannis may may finally feel like, hey, I need this championship. Now, in a, on a, a measure between 10 and zero, I'm putting it at a, a four. It's not heavily likely, but it may change as time goes along. I think at that point, within those next couple of years, if the Warriors aren't anywhere close to what they were before, then I don't think he would consider that team because they would be pretty much older at that point. And you would be joining the team at the wrong time when they're on the downside. So if he does join a team, it'll be somebody else. Uh, I, I don't exactly agree to that because Steph's going to be out a full year pretty much. Like he, he, I don't think he comes back this year at all. and He's only played a few games, even in the beginning of the season. Clay has a fresh uh, year. I don't think in this situation they keep Draymond if they were to get Giannis. Uh, but I think franchise, like, like facilities, I think a big thing about this would be facilities. This would not then become – a situation where it could be Giannis's house. This could also build him for uh, being the uh, the marquee player for that franchise going forward after Steph. It's a situation kind of like the Lakers where LeBron's trying to set up and uh, do things through AD. And I think KD, or sorry, not KD, but Steph Curry will take that type of approach or at least let people think that type of approach about him getting Giannis. Um, so, like I said, I still think it's like a four, a three or a four. It's it's pretty low, but I don't think it's a zero chance that he joins the Warriors. It's zero. It's it's definitely zero. Definitely respectable. Definitely respectable. So uh, we move on to Zion Williamson, who has recently shared he wanted to stay at Duke University for his sophomore year, but. After family, his family has convinced him and did convince him to join the NBA and, of course, to bank in on all the uh, advertisement and all the dollars that the that ESPN and the college league has been producing off of his talent. Um, but 
since Zion has not played a game since this starting this year, what would have been the benefit of him staying one more year at Duke? The benefit of him staying one more year would be him just being able to be um, a kid in a way, because I don't think he wanted to grow up. Uh, he, he still wanted to experience that college life and just be around friends, people closer to uh, where he grew up at, uh, because he went to Duke and that's not too far from Spartanburg and all that stuff, Spartanburg, South Carolina. And he just really wanted to just stay in college and be a kid. I know uh, a lot of the spotlight was on him before he got to the NBA, but even more is now on him. And a lot of people are disappointed in him not being able to play at this point. But the benefit of it was that he he could just develop more. He could probably lose some weight and <laughs> and be able to just have a better all-around game, I think. Because just, just look at the situation with Kuzma. I think he spent three years or four years in college, and he came out pretty ready into the NBA. So I think that would have helped in this situation. I definitely like that stance. Uh, uh, it was actually surprising. I thought you were going to be a little bit like me on this one, which I don't expect you to be, but I felt there was no benefit of him staying for a sophomore year because this is this is all about the dollars. And one big, big problem with this situation would have been the fact that he's had two knee surgeries before even playing a game, which would have lowered his ranking for um, draft. His, his spot for being draft would also lowers his money, which also lowers his endorsements. It, it's a time type situation. Um, he would have even had more money if he was able to go straight from high school to the actual NBA. So in my eyes, when looking at it on a professional level, I think there is zero benefit for him staying at Duke. But I definitely agree on the fact that he would become he would be able to still be more like a child. He would be able to enjoy the college atmosphere. That is a great part of your life where you do get to ex- uh, experience growth with people of the same age. But looking from the uh, the possibility of lost income and things like that, I think there's zero benefit for him staying at Duke. I do agree with that on the financial side. I, I definitely agree with that because he said Coach K wouldn't allow him to come back because he needed to do what's best for his family. Because <laughs> I'm guessing, yeah. you know, of course, they don't make a lot of money. So he's there way out. So I, I definitely see that part. But for him personally, it would have been better for him just to develop as a person and to be able to grow slowly in, instead of being pushed into it head first into the NBA. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's an extremely different situation where uh, you're more like a local legend, even though he's a national legend when it comes to him being at uh, Duke and his televi- like television appearances for his games and things like that. That doesn't make it national, but his day-to-day life makes him a local legend. It makes him going to a class, uh, enjoying the, the good vibes around everyone and the good vibes they had about him. Now it's nothing but expectations. It's nothing but when can, what can you provide for me? So I completely agree on the fact about him uh, being more like a uh, a pre-adult uh, in the situation. Not I wouldn't say child because he is he's grown. He's above eighteen, uh, but pre-adult. 
I, I think that he did feel he missed out on that, which in a way he has, but you have to sacrifice that for the amount of income you can actually intake. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I would have gone ahead to the NBA if I was him, but you know, I mean, it's different people, different situations. Of course, of course. Uh, so since Zion is possibly going to return very soon here, do you see him being everything all the fans expected expect of him? And also, what is expected of him? Uh, what are you asking about? Pre NBA or just like <laughs> currently? Oh, once, once he returns, I, I think people can expect him to kind of be load managed. In um, he's no, definitely going to. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. <laughs> like with the expectations we all had on him before college, before the season, everything like that. Not uh, not taking into account that he actually got these had these injuries. Like our real expectations of his talent and what he would do. Okay. Um, well, those expectations won't be met because he's still coming off an injury, and he's definitely going to be load managed. They they want to preserve him for the future because they spent a number one overall draft picked on him, and they want him to succeed and stay on the team for long term and stay healthy. So they should expect a uh, I hate to say it, but a half baked Zion. Ooh. He's <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's that's just for this year. That's just for this year. He's got to be slowly transitioned into this. You you can't go in head first. He's already been injured. Uh, whatever it was, I don't know what it was, but he you, you got to load manage here. I mean, take the Kawhi approach and build for the future. I mean, because the team is not going anywhere this season, so oh, there's no. no reason to, to throw him out there. So load manage. And that's it. Okay, I can uh, I can definitely see your point with that. Um, do I think he will be what the fans expect him to be? It depends on which fans, because as a me as a fan, I expect him to have highlight dunks, uh, maybe once in a while put up between twenty to twenty five. But I don't see him being a transitional player. I I didn't think I, I think he's a transitional talent but not a transitional player. He's not going to put up the numbers that makes him a number one uh, player on a team. Like he, he'll be the number one player, but he won't be, uh, for example, James Harden, or he won't be LeBron James. He won't be Luca. He won't be Giannis. He's going to be a great talent to watch, but not so much a player who you can exactly depend on to push you through to have get to win games. Well, I, I can only hope I, I can't completely disagree with you with that, but I can only hope. I can just hope that he does become that player, that franchise player that takes them over the top where they can compete for a championship every year. Yeah, and I'm really not even sure what is expected of him uh, outside of highlight dunks, honestly. Like, I can't – I don't – I've never seen people just say, oh, my God, he's going to win all these championships. I don't even think there's a person who says – he will hands down win one championship. Uh, that's not. I don't think that's the type of expectation they have for Zion. I think it's a it's a pure love for his personality and his highlight dunks that people expect. They they expect those things, and it may sour him with the fans if he is low managed too much. Yeah, after a while, it, low managing for a while it it really gets on people's nerves, but. 
it'll be accepted for this year. Let him go ahead and man- load manage this year, and we'll see. We'll worry about next year. Well, so do you think his whole career will resemble uh, load management since he has dealt with so many injuries already? No, I, I can't say that. Not yet. I mean, um, I, I don't think so. I think he can stay healthy. He just needs to get on the right meal plan so he can <laughs> so <it's all laughs> take some weight. <laughs> yeah. well, it's it's got to be. It's a problem when he needs a New Orleans, New Orleans club. <laughs> but you have a nutritionist, or you can hire one. True, just, very just, true. Just get on the right track. You are a professional now. It's time to grow up. Well, yeah, I agree. I completely agree. But I think there's a difference between knowing what you're supposed to do and actually doing what you're supposed to do. And he didn't follow that. I don't think he followed that spe- specific regimen uh, to be successful where he is now, like uh, to be a top pick and number one pick and all of that other stuff. So I think it's going to be hard for him to fully understand uh, talent and size and how much that is going to relate together, especially since he's in a, a pre-adult body, even though he has a grown, grown, grown man body. He, he has a pre-adult body. He still has a point where he will gain more weight. Maybe. We'll, we'll see. Just, I don't well, know. You, <laughs> have you, seen, you, you know I've already referred to this before, but, like, could you remember pre-early uh, Shaq versus L.A. Shaq? Orlando Shaq versus uh, L.A. Shaq? Ooh, <laughs> there's a big difference, but have we had any type of news stories come out where – He's lazy. I mean, like a no, Zion. He's lazy. lazy. Okay. No, I, I think that, it, but it may be a problem of him not realizing what he shouldn't eat. And I think they're very cognizant of what uh, being on a nutrition plan and things like that, because there's really a lot of emphasis on this right now. Like it is one of the biggest things that they fear about uh, about Zion is him gaining too much weight because that's already why they're trying to make him walk different and run different, which is uh, outrageous already. But I, I just think there may become a problem where he just might not be able to lose the weight that way. I, really, what I expect is a max 10-year career, a productive career. I think that's his best result. Yeah, 10 years isn't bad. I'll take it. Yeah, it's not bad, but you can you can definitely ask for more. That would it would not have been sufficient for LeBron to be, only have a ten year uh, great career uh, or Harden or well Harden didn't have many expectations when we came in, but certain players they're just like it would be disappointing to only have ten years of great Giannis. Yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, but ten years if he can win a championship or two, I, I think he'll be fine. Well, you're, you're throwing a championship in there now. Yeah, definitely. But I don't, I also, I just think he has to have a player who is possibly better than him. And that's all in perception about better because it's going to be by position, but he's going to need a player who's better than him to get to that point. Uh, that being unstoppable under the rim. Okay. I understand that, but there are schemes that are, develop to stop things like that for example Giannis last year maybe uh we'll, we'll see I mean but in this league nobody wins by themselves uh, yeah uh, uh, kind of possibly you're right nobody really does win by themselves but 
you may be able to point to Dirk and his his uh, championship with the Mavs for a possible, hey, he kind of did it by himself. Uh, that's tomato, tomato, though. Uh, but <laughs> I'll move on to Kevin Durant and Kev- Kendrick per- Perkins' beef on Twitter. They lit Twitter up. And uh, just this past week, where there was a Twitter war of words that happened while Russ had his first return back to Oklahoma City, a team he played for for a decade. Now, to shorten the back and forth of what happened on Twitter, uh, just to kind of phrase it really quick, uh, quickly, because it was a little bit, it's kind of lengthy on how they went back and forth and how uh, Katie even got into the mix of this slight argument. Uh, but Kevin Durant, uh, really took offense to Kendrick Perkins when uh, Kendrick Perkins said that Russell Westbrook is Mr. OKC. And at one point, Kendrick Perkins says that Kevin Durant had the weakest move any player has ever did to get a championship. Also, KD, uh, he also said that KD has a problem sleeping because he doesn't feel like a true champion. Of course, Kevin Durant repeats uh, Kevin, uh, Kendrick Perkins' stats for the last playoff games series that they played together while they were at OKC and before Kevin Durant joined the Warriors, the 73-win Warriors. But first, do you think Kendrick Perkins is right about Russ, Russell Westbrook being Mr. OKC? Yes, Russell Westbrook is definitely Mr. OKC because it's more than just being the potential best player on the team. It's being loyal to the franchise and having that respect from the franchise. And Kevin Durant, he just doesn't have that. He left them dry. He he just left OKC without telling them what he was going to do. Not that he exactly should tell them what he should do, but, you know, it's, it's courtesy that you tell somebody that you spent a long time with or your, your employer that you are moving on. You know, you, you give him that two weeks notice, but he just said, I quit and left went to the the um warriors yeah yeah the warriors but i was looking for another word (laughs) but um yeah it's definitely russell westbrook he is mr okc he stayed there the longest he won an mvp there oh well kevin Durant did also but russell westbrook he was the most loyal player to the franchise so he deserves that name okay um, I, I'll give you even more strong argument towards that. Russ actually holds pretty much all the records for OKC, especially since they've uh, moved from Seattle because they used to be the Seattle Sonics. And when they moved to the OKC, they became the Thunder. Russ holds pretty much all of those records, uh, attempts, points, all of those. So by the numbers, he is Mr. OKC. And agreed, it, you do have to take into account that he was loyal, that uh, the trade was not something he forced uh, once he actually ended up at Houston, and that he he made it a point to actually uh, be there for the franchise. Kevin Durant did leave the franchise for dead. I overall think that it's a, another case of Kevin Durant being too emotional and trying to get, I guess, uh, recognition for things that he shouldn't care as much about. He really should not care as much about. And I just have to kind of leave it at that. Yeah, but he, 
he's just been so criticized that he's just like he's just trying to defend the move which is I mean it's indefensible it's it definitely is one of the weakest moves ever uh but he got his championship he, he got what he wanted from the um for moving to the warriors so he should accept the consequence that comes with it true true so uh was Katie wrong for coming at Kendrick Perkins since he has said many times that Katie is a better player out of the two between Russ and Katie. Yeah, I think he was wrong in the situation mainly because he got his emotions involved in this. Uh, he, he felt like Kendrick Perkins came at him and, um, which Kendrick Perkins, I mean, he didn't, I mean, he didn't have to go and say all of that, but <laughs> what I, I just to kind of say that he didn't say that was the weakest move until Kevin Durant came at him. Uh, Kendrick Perkins wasn't even referring to him in any way. Uh, Kevin Durant, out of nowhere, felt some type of way about the Mr. OKC when he was only trying to give recognition to Russ during the game that he was joint, uh, coming back to uh, OKC. And it really had nothing to do with Kevin Durant at all. It's just that he chose to make it a point that he feels that he should be Mr. OKC. Yeah, he was just getting emotional about something that he shouldn't care about, but he really does feel some type of way about it. He wishes that he could have won one for OKC while he was there, but at this point, it's too late to go back, but he still wants that recognition from the team. He's just looking for recognition from everybody, but he's still not getting it. Um, and I think the only way that he might receive that recognition if he wins a couple of championships with the Nets, which I really don't see happening. Yeah, I completely agree. I already said I don't see him winning uh, a championship there. And even if so, I think he needs two to get out of the shadow of the championships he got with the Warriors. Uh, but when it comes to the OKC argument and being Mr. OKC, it's, it's a situation where he's still feeling scorned by the fans and the franchise. He feels that they've done him dirty, that they, they don't honor the things that he did for them. But he, he just seems confused who is really to blame for the back and forth. It's, it's Kevin Durant completely. And I don't know why he doesn't. He never understood that what he was going to get or the treatment he was going to get when he made the move he made. He joined the 73-win uh, team who just beat him, their direct team, to knock them out of the playoffs. Like, it wasn't going to be seen on a in a good light in any way. Yeah, and he's still looking for that recognition. He, he just needs to get over it, except the consequence that you took with this. Yeah. So do you think Kevin Durant really feels – He's uh, completely deserves to be a champion, especially after he clearly created an overwhelming situation by joining the 73 win team, the Warriors. Um, I, I think he does feel like he deserves to be a champion because he. He led the team to that championship. He was the best player on that team in the best moments. He showed up to play and got them over the hump. Because it's it's hard to say whether the Warriors were going to be able to win against the LeBron-led Cavs with Kyrie Irving and um, Kevin Love. Because it's it's very hard to say that. 
Kevin Durant, he showed up in the moments that he was supposed to, and he, he put the dagger in the, in the Cavaliers. Um, and he feels like he deserves that recognition. Okay. I understand it from that point of view. I definitely do from that point of view. But whether he completely feels he deserves the championship, I don't think he completely. Now, I think it's more like a, a 90%. Like, it's pretty heavy. It's pretty heavy that he feels he deserves it, but that 10% is always haunting him. It is a, a waking nightmare and a nightmare during his dreams. He, I agree with Kendrick Perkins. He does not sleep right knowing that nobody really feels he, he deserved to be considered a champion because he created such an overwhelming effect. And if you look at it, a lot of people say he might have won a championship in those two years uh, that the Warriors were um, went to the championship. But from what I could see, that he would have gotten beat in the West if he stayed with OKC or if he went to a different team in the West. He would have gotten beat, which means he would not be a championship. So he wouldn't be a champion currently. And that is going to hold him back from thinking he completely deserves it because otherwise, like, you wouldn't have any. Maybe, but you you can't say that they wouldn't have had a chance at winning yeah, the championship with OKC. But he he depleted the the, situ, the the possibility of him overcoming the team that he joined. Yeah, he he made sure it happened. He made sure he got those rings. He almost guaranteed a ring. Yeah, yeah, agree. Yeah, I, I definitely agree on this. Um, well, we, we kind of agree because you, you think he completely thinks he deserves it. But I think that haunting feeling is the reason why he is so emotional and why he's so ready to attack anybody who feels they're sliding him. And whether that be about his uh, stint at OKC or him joining the Warriors, because he's no longer with the Warriors. And now he's even having to defend a team that he felt he needed to leave. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay. So um, just to uh, move it along, we're uh, going to be talking about the NBA All-Star votes. As recently, LeBron has jumped Luka and Giannis in the All-Star votes. LeBron, LeBron has also recently passed Michael Jordan in field goals made in a career. And, of course, his career is still going on here. But is there anything LeBron can do to become the undoubted GOAT? over Michael Jordan. <laughs> Is there anything you can do? <laughs> I don't know if there's anything that he can do. It's, it's, it's very hard. Um, he's going to have to win at least three more championships, at least three with the, the Lakers. And he's going to have to win the um, league MVP three more times. He, he's really going to have to take it over the top to get all the doubt out of all of those Michael Jordan lovers who think, who thinks he can walk on water. So, I mean, for some of those people, I mean, you're never going to change their mind, but they might turn around a little bit for some people, but he's really going to have to take it over the top. Win three championships with the Lakers, win three league MVPs, undoubted, undisputed. And he just might have a chance there. I kind of agree here because I actually think there's nothing he can do, which is, I know, a surprise position coming from me, the the giant LeBron fan I am. But I don't think there's anything he can do to be undoubtedly 
better than uh, than Michael Jordan. Simply, you know, championships, three, uh, six for six, all of that whole argument uh, about Michael Jordan. He's going to have to really pour it on. But so this is the part I do agree about your uh, point, the the three championships, the three league MVPs and things like that. He's going to absolutely have to pour it on very late in his career, bordering 40, which will just be like you're an, an extreme anomaly athletic wise and talent wise. Like, why are you still good? Now, that may do it, but I still think, like you said, there's no way in the 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 extreme uh, Michael Jordan fans that he will ever be that he would have had to have gone perfect before now. And I just think there's nothing he can do to be undoubtedly that. And if there is anything, it would be an extreme situation where he had to pour it on the very late in his career, just due to age and doing accomplish those things with age. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. Um, but there's just a slight chance. It's a tiny bit, but is 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 very hard. Yeah, I, I completely agree on that. It's going to be slim to none on that uh, situation for him to be undoubted. But will the NBA All-Star votes reflect who the MVP of the league winner will be this year? Will it? Um, yes, I'm going to say yes. It will reflect who is the MVP of the league this year because – uh, a lot of people fall in love with storylines. The fans, they fall in love with storylines and also the media who, who also vote on the, um, the MVP of the league. So whoever has the best storyline along with the stats, that's who will be the league MVP. And right now it looks like LeBron and Giannis. So whoever wins out of those two as far as the highest vote for uh, all-star votes, then they will be crowned league MVP. Okay. I, I, I can definitely agree on this one. And one reason why I'm kind of counting Luca out of this, it, of course he can make a very big case in the second part of this, uh, this season. But I think the league is something like where you have to be in the runnings the previous year before they actually give it to you. And it's just going to be extremely hard for people to give it to Luca, even though there's so much fandom and so much uh, excitement around the talent he is and the talent he will become. Now, Giannis, Giannis has been there. He also got it last year, and it's debatable on uh, with a lot of people on whether James Harden should have gotten that championship. Sorry, not championship, but MVP last year over Giannis. But, hey, uh, Giannis has actually already been there. So, I think it's a two-man race, and I do think the MVP reflects that, even though that is the fans voting versus the, uh, I think it's announced, it's some type of voters. I can't exactly tell you which voters they are, but those voters aren't specifically the fans, but it will resemble who will win the MVP of the league. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. Okay. So uh, we're moving on to football, but not the football you think of uh, right now, since the playoffs are happening in the NFL. We're referring to the XFL, uh, the Extreme Football League. Now, they do start, the season does start up, a reboot of the XFL starts in about roughly under a month here in February, early February. Uh, and they have just unrolled, sorry, they have just unrolled their new rules, which may change 
how football is played completely, at least in their league. But um, their main goal, they said, is to make it a fast-paced game. Uh, and there's a lot of rules that they have now uh, will be implementing in the XFL. Now, the big difference between the NFL rules are things like there will be no extra points, kicking extra points. Uh, you will have, after scoring a touchdown, you will have one of three options. You can set up at the two-yard line, and if you get it, you get one point. If you choose to set up at the five-yard line and you get it, you get two points. And if you choose to set up at the 10-point, 10-yard line, you get three points. Now, one also change in this is that if the defense returns that kick, uh, that that throw or anything the other way and uh, gets a touchdown during that attempt, that extra point attempt, they will get the points that the team was going for. So if you lined up at the 10 you were going for three points, the opposite team gets three points. Just uh, also following back along five-yard line, two points, two-yard line, one point. But uh, a couple other changes is you can make two forward passers, passes in a single play as long as the ball has not, in the first half, has not gone past the line of scrimmage, which in, uh, incentivizes trick plays. There's a... Uh, it will be a shootout style overtime format, like college to the XFL. Uh, you will only need one foot inbounds to have a catch, which is also like the college league. And there will be a running clock. The clock will not stop throughout the game, uh, unless you, of course, call a timeout. And there will be a 25-second play clock, which will start as soon as the ball is set in place. Uh, there's two other rules that are really uh, big, like, there will be two timeouts per half and there will be 10 minute half a uh, half time. And if you want to do a onside kick, you will have to state that before you actually go out to kick the, uh, the not field goal, but the uh, kickoff to the other team. So you have to state that uh, if you want to do an onside kick, but what do you like and what do you dislike about these new rules that the XFL will be implementing? Really, for the XFL, the main thing that I do like is the extra extra point turn, um, being able to go for one, two, or three, and it, it it really makes it really helps with catching up or doubling up on points. So it looks like they're trying to be very flashy, um, score a lot of points, not really catering to the defense type of league. Which I mean, the NFL is doing that, but it's more for safety reasons, I think. Um, and also just for the negative side, I, I think it's kind of getting a little messy with all these rule changes. Of course, they want to increase the pace, but it just seems like too many changes. It, I feel like it's just going to be a, a huge mess, and it's they, it's I, I don't know. It's I'm really going to have to see it before I can really really get on board for this. It, it just seems like too much at this point, a lot of high scoring, um, not really too much defense and just flashy plays. Okay. Uh, and before I say uh, my, how I feel about what I dislike and what I dis, uh, do dislike, I mean, what I like and what I dislike, um, is there any rules that you completely dislike out of those I listed? I would say I don't like the double forward pass. I mean, I, I guess you can do some trick plays, but it's hard to see right now. The the double forward pass just seems like 
why? <laughs> at, at this point, it, it just seems like why. I, I don't know why they're doing that. Well, so just, it, to, I, well, just to kind of explain their thinking about the double pass, uh, they're saying players who are quarterbacks who don't actually get to play will kind of get a chance to play, like a backup quarterbacks who are pretty good. So in a situation where they have a receiver lining up as a sorry, a backup quarterback lining up as a receiver, uh, you don't have to throw that pass backwards to throw it again going forward. It, it just kind of it has it to where players don't have to always sit out. There is also incentivizes trick plays, but it, in their mind, it's so that more players can play. I guess, but. You you can only throw it so so much forward because you can only throw it twice behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage. So th- there's not much space. Uh, yeah, I, I I definitely agree on that. So now, what do I like about this? I definitely like the idea of the no extra point. So we we're taking the kicker mostly out of the play in this situation, which seems to be a lot of complaints for the NFL. Uh, a, a very big complaint for the NFL um, on how games are decided off of a kicker's foot, even though the team has played well all throughout the game. Um, this situation, I really, really, really love the fact that the defense, if they return that extra point, gets the points that the other team would have got. Like it, it throws a different way of uh, mathematics about how you think you can win a game. So I really like that. I really, really, really like that. Um, the double pass, of course, I'm, I'm feeling a little funny about that, but I'm not really against it. I love the shootout style, uh, playoff, sorry, overtime, like college, even the one foot that, that makes it even a little bit more exciting too. Cause it, it does seem like with these rules, it will make it a whole lot more fast paced. Um, I really can't say I have a dislike for any of these rules. They're not too too outrageous this is most of the only thing i'm not too sure about is the kickoffs um i didn't put this in the first part but uh the kicker will line up on their own 25 uh the other players uh, i think it's yeah 10 players will line up on your team will line up on the 30 yard line and no player on the other side of the team on either side of the team can move like uh actually move from the line they're on until the ball is hit the ground for three seconds or the uh, ball has actually been recepted. Now that's, it seems complicated. And that's the only thing I can really point to that I might not just might like, not like. Yeah, I guess. Um, it, isn't that for punts also? Oh, well, there's no punts as far as I can remember, or it discourages punts. So I think you can punish just, uh, maybe I'm not exactly sure. It's hard with all of these different type of rules. They are nowhere near, uh, what, they're, they're near like NFL, but they're just so different from what most people are used to. So I'm not exactly sure on that about the punts. Okay. Well, um, it'll be something to watch Well, something to watch after the NFL season. So I, I hope it does succeed. Okay. Yeah. So after at least three years of operation with the XFL, do you see any top ranked players in college? foregoing the NFL to create an independent fame in the XFL. I think that there will be some of those players, um, maybe not the complete best, but if this league gains some traction and starts to be more popular with the fans and all that, they get more money. 
then I definitely see some top college players coming into that league or potential college players coming out of high school going into that league because they see that they can go out and make money without having to go to school because that's what most of them want to do anyway. They need a quick a quick way to get out of whatever situation they're in and help their family. So I can definitely see that happening down the road if this XFL league is successful in any way. Okay. So I say yes. I do think a top player will try to do that. Um, but it does will take something like at least two to three years of operation for the XFL as it only survived for one year in the past when it was uh, booted up. Um, and one reason why I do think a top player is going to do that is for those second tier quarterbacks. Those quarterbacks who just, we, scouts know they won't make it in the NFL and they, they're going to have to change their position to be in the NFL but they're actually good at the things they do. Um, so this is a great market for a second-tier quarterback who may be a top prospect in actual college. Yeah, I agree. Um, but well, the NFL will still have those top players coming out of college. Um, but the XFL, if they do succeed in any way, they'll definitely get those second-tier type of players. And I think they can come out of high school, can't they? They, they don't have to go to college. I think that's correct, but I'm really not exactly sure. I don't know whether they have like a one year rule on that or whether you have to be 19 or anything like that, because it does seem a little dangerous to put 18 year olds in that position. But hey, it's you can learn. You, if you can go to war when you're 18, then you should be able to earn a living at 18 also. Yeah. And um, I would say that the XFL will probably be some type of. It'll be about the same level as college level in a way because you have those same type of players. So I, I think, yeah, they, they can definitely probably come straight out of high school. Yeah. So will this league, the XFL, become the, quote, I want to play football, but I don't want to retire league, referring to aging NFL players? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you see how Allen Iverson, he, he went overseas and kept playing along with Stefan Marbury, which Boy, he's the joining of uh, China. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, it, it, that'll definitely happen. Um, but for some of those players who played at a high level and have too much ego, they they don't want to go out that way. They'll they'll rather retire than play in a uh, developmental league. True, but I don't. I don't even think this is a really a de- developmental league. I think this is a league where if you do. It's, it's the combination between the college and the NFL. It has the possibility of succeeding. And I really do think uh, this time around um, they may have learned from their past mistakes with the XFL. Uh, so you can see 18 rows playing with soonly retired uh, NFL players, which is extremely unique because there's not a league that allows that other than maybe the arena league. And even then they try to they tend to move towards younger players. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it'll be exciting either way. I hope it does succeed and we can see more football even after the NFL. True, true. So we, we do move into the NFL here, um, which I'm going to go ahead and start off with the first game of the playoffs, uh, which is the 49ers versus Vikings. Uh, from my perspective, it was kind of boring, even though there was scoring. 
and the 49ers came on top, come out on top over the Vikings, beating the Vikings pretty handedly and having control of it throughout the game. So what is your confidence level for San Fran, the 49ers, actually making the Super Bowl since they did handle the Vikings so well? I think they have a 50-50 chance of making it to the Super Bowl um, because the question mark is still on their quarterback. He he was okay in that game. <laughs> yeah. In, in no way did he prove anything. Um, he had one touchdown, one interception, about 150 yards, and nothing else. The running game and the defense took over from there because the Vikings couldn't do anything on offense. But um, it's a 50-50 chance for me. I feel like if Jimmy Garoppolo faces a really tough defense or a team that can expose him uh, for his weaknesses, then he, he he's going to fold. And it's really going to be up to the defense to hold back that other team. So I, I give them a 50-50 chance, but it's really all on the quarterback. It It just depends on his play. Okay. I, I'm i not quite sure. I think it's really dependent on the defense. And it really also fa- it depends on which team they're facing. Uh, so my confidence level between uh, 0 to 10 for 49 is making the Super Bowl, yeah, it's... It's about 50-50, like you're saying. Like I, I thought, I felt that was possibly uh, 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 on the on the fence answer by 50-50, but that's probably the best chance they have. It's 50-50, even though they've been such a great team all of this season. I don't even think it's really dependent on their quarterback because somehow they still come out on top, even if the quarterback is mediocre. Um, which what I I feel about uh, the 49ers and their quarterback play, but. Um, just moving along, uh, do you feel that Kirk Cousins is now an elite quarterback because he did lead the Vikings to the playoffs? <laughs> no. No, he's not an elite quarterback. <laughs> what kind of question is that? I mean, he won one playoff game, I mean, which is good. That's his first playoff win, but no. If he would have went to the Super Bowl, um, yeah, then I can maybe consider him as that, but no, they they get full of themselves after winning one game. Um, that the team as a whole, they did the same thing. Um, I think it was two years ago. Whenever they beat the Saints, they I, I guess they didn't prepare for that next game, and the same thing happened uh, against the 49ers. And at at this point, the the Vikings they really have some decision making to do because they they don't know what they want to do at quarterback. Do they resign Kirk Cousins or do they go out and get somebody else? Because I feel like this team is Super Bowl ready as far as their talent, but the question mark is at the quarterback play. Um, I don't think he played absolutely awful because the, I mean, he didn't have too much time, but he didn't help them. I agree. Uh, the reason why I ask is this because it may start to come up. Uh, Kirk Cousins did turn it around once he got complaints from his receiver and season all around has turned around since they had a bad start. Um, I think next year will tell whether he's an elite quarterback. I know most people aren't really ever going to put him in that list really until he makes it to a divisional championship. And even then, I don't think they're going to really put him in that uh, category. Um, So, of course, yeah, the answer is no. 
expansion just now, uh, right now, but there is a possibility, possibility he does become one in the next two years. I say no, no chance. <laughs> and, and I'm, and I'm pretty sure his contract might be up after this season. Uh, cause see, he's on that three year, um, fully guaranteed contract. Mm-hmm. Or I might be wrong. He might have one more year. I'm not sure, but I know he's pretty close to the end. Yeah, I think he has one more year, but I'm not exactly sure on his contract uh, information also. But uh, we move to the second game, which is the Ravens versus Titans. And the number one team all year went down in the first opportunity they had in the playoffs. They did have a bye week for the first week, but went down handedly to the Tennessee Titans, which overall most people didn't expect. Uh, the Tennessee Titans ran all over them and pretty much controlled the game all the way through. So how do you think Lamar Jackson feels knowing he will win the MVP of the league but won't make it to winning a actual playoff game? I think that he will feel empty inside because he really wanted to win that championship. But he'll be pretty good with winning that, that league MVP he seems like a team player. He he really fights for his team. He 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 loves everybody on his team. Um, but he will feel empty inside that he wasn't able to lead them to a championship this year. But I'm pretty sure he's confident going into next season that he's going to improve, and the team around him will improve, and they will try to get back on a run. But um, he'll he'll take that that league MVP for a consolation prize, but. Is is not enough at this point for him. Yeah, I, I would completely agree on the empty inside. Um, it, it's it's rough. It's really rough. The, definitely the way that Tennessee handled them. They out Ravens the Ravens in the situation. They ran all over them. They controlled the pace. Um, it seems like they just couldn't really fully get it together when it came to the Ravens. And I'm not even really pointing out uh, that Lamar Jackson didn't do. He didn't do extremely well. He wasn't extraordinary, but he wasn't that bad in this game. Um, but I'll, I'll lead it into the next question, which is, uh, do you think the case of Ravens not winning this game is due to the arrest they had going into this playoff game, or is there more uh, that should be considered in this loss? I think the the rest definitely played a part in it, but not completely. Um, I, I feel like this team was prepared beforehand, but once they got in the game, they got out of their game plan because this is a heavy run team, and they went completely away from that. Lamar Jackson passed the ball 59 times, which I'm pretty sure he's never done before, and that's probably any game ever, but – they they just got out of their game plan. And it's not like the Tennessee Titans were up by like 30 and he had to pass every time. Um, they they really just got them out of their game plan. They thought they needed to score fast and quickly, but the Titans made sure they kept everything in front of them and let them chew up clock because the Ravens had the ball way longer than the Titans. The Titans just capitalized on every single opportunity and they, they ran the ball any every time that they needed to, along with trick plays. But um, the the loss, of course, is not all on Lamar Jackson, but he definitely played a part in it. 
three turnovers, had two interceptions and a fumble, which the Titans capitalized on. I think he should keep his head up and they'll do better next year. Yeah, I can. I'm not sure whether they get better than 14 and two, but um, well, I'm saying maybe go further. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely hear your point. I was actually going to recap, but when it comes to the playoffs, I do kind of believe that they'll make it further in the playoffs. It will be extreme emphasis on playoffs when it comes to next year, and I definitely do think the Ravens make the playoffs next year again. Um, it is quite disappointing, and I do think this is a situation of rest. They didn't play. It's, it's been three weeks since they played a game, most of the starters, because uh, the last game of the season, they did win the game, but Lamar Jackson didn't play in that game. And I'm pretty sure a lot of the players were on a low-type management situation facing a team that didn't really matter on their positions in the playoffs. Um, So I do think it's a rest situation. From what I saw, the receivers were dropping loads of passes. It, It was ridiculous. The first interception is due, was due to a receiver not catching the ball. And I wouldn't say all of the turn, turnovers, but it definitely did not help that the receivers were dropping balls and not not actually seeing the ball come in. It was a rest. I think it's overall a rest problem for the remaining part of the team where Lamar Jackson got this type of urgency in the late part of the game where he said, if I can't pass it, I'm going to run on you. He had one extremely great highlight run out of all of the plays in that game, but it was just too late at that point. No, he made a couple of throws that were pretty good, but... Oh, I'm not talking um, about throws. I'm talking about the runs. Yeah, but he did make a couple of throws that were pretty good, but he also was off on some throws. Um, some of them were, you know, kind of behind or too far forward. And then that that second interception, I mean, that was completely his fault. He, I don't know if he saw the guy or not. And then that fumble, that was a bad spot to fumble. Um, he had shaken off the guy first, and I guess he didn't think that he was going to come back. And then he made he strip sacked him. So um, he he didn't have his best game. But uh, just looking forward from here, uh, Ben Roethlisberger is going to be back next year for the Steelers, and they're going to have something to say about that. And if the Browns get the right leader in their locker room, they're going to have something to say. So they're going to have some competition in their division next year. Yeah, uh, like I said, yeah, I definitely don't see a 14-2 and two season happening again here. He, he should revel in the MVP regular season he established. Uh, it just didn't break through in the playoffs. And it is going to haunt him because he has not gotten a – he's gotten embarrassed in two playoff games. and back-to-back uh, playoff games, years with playoff games. And I think last it, year was worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's embarrassing. They, that one's extremely embarrassing. This one was semi-embarrassing because you were supposed to at least make it past this point. Um, so it, it's, it's he's going to have this. If he does not win a playoff game next year, he's going to have the James Harden effect on him. He's going to have this lingering, hey, we, we see all the stats, we see what you can do, but what can you do in the playoffs? And it's going to, it's really already here, but it's going to be fully cemented if he does not win, win a playoff game next year. I think people will bring it back to the debate is, to the debate too, is he still a quarterback? Of course he still is, Ooh. but there's a lot of people out there saying that 
he shouldn't be playing as the quarterback. He should maybe be playing as running back or wide receiver or something like that. That's what people were saying whenever he was first coming about. into the league. Yeah, of course it is. But he, he's definitely a, a, a pretty good talent at the quarterback position. But their offense isn't built to come back from big leads. Um, kind of they are. Well, not big leads, but they're, they're built for it. They can do it uh, if the way their offense works, works. Like that, oh, I don't know whether you're going to throw or you're going to run. They can possibly come back from 14 down, but if it's 21 down, I do think that's a problem for them. Yeah, it, it definitely is a problem because they're, uh, everything is built around the running game. Um, and, and chunk plays 10 yards, 15 yards, but not huge throws down the field. Of course he can do that, but it's, it's not totally built around that. Yeah, and this is a quick question because I didn't even put it in the uh, podcast here. Do you think that uh, Mark Ingram's injury had to do a lot with the loss? I wouldn't say a lot, but he, it definitely played a part. I think they still would have lost with him because the Titans were ready. Um, they they had a very good game plan, and Derrick Henry was still going to punish them either way on that defensive side. So um, having Mark Ingram definitely would have helped, but – it wouldn't have pushed them over the edge to win that game. Okay. So how serious should we take the Titans uh, with this Tannehill leading their team at quarterback? Um, It's really more of the question about (laughs) Derrick Henry. Can he still be beast mode and run for at least 180 and maybe two tubs? But, yeah, I I (laughs) I think it's it's, it's all about Derrick Henry and that offensive line. If they can keep rushing the ball and he, he can keep um, draining the clock and then they capitalize on their opportunities, yeah, I, I say you should take them very seriously. For anybody that has to play them, I mean, they should definitely watch out. Uh, agreed. Uh, I I agree because it is about Derrick Henry. Uh, uh, Derrick Henry, right? I'm trying to yeah, make sure. Right. Okay, I was making sure <laughs> I, I wasn't saying his first name right, uh, wrong. Um, but – yeah, it, it is about him. Uh, he is, he's put up, he's now the number one, uh, running back four yards and two playoff games in the start of a playoff series. I thought not just playoff series, but a, uh, playoff run. Uh, he's already, I think about 15 yards higher than the next running back in, in history for rushing yards. Uh, so it, it is very big, and they do face the Chiefs next, which is going to be an extreme test. Um, so we do move on to the game, the Chiefs versus the Texans, and it's very surprising the way the, it ended, just according to how it started. Now, the Texans were up 21-0 over the Chiefs, getting up high very quickly. Uh, you would think, Hey, we got to put down the sticks. Uh, we we got to run this game back. Hey, this is mad, and the game is over. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes had something to say about that. They had an extremely epic comeback with seven straight touchdown drives and ended up winning by twenty, fifty-one to thirty-one. So I ask, how do you think the Texans and Deshaun Watson should look at their season since they lost so handedly to the Chiefs. 
I think they should look at it as a failure because oh. <laughs> it definitely, if you just look at what unfolded, I mean, the gates just flooded open for them for, for this opportunity. Uh, Andrew Luck retires. The Colts get worse. Nobody thought the Titans would be much of anything, even though they're still in the playoffs. And then the Jaguars, I mean, they're, they're still a project. So everybody expected them to win the division. Of course, they did. And also, the Patriots, they were not their best this year. So that made the AFC even more wide open. So they should have taken advantage of this opportunity, especially being up by that many points. It's a missed opportunity and a missed chance at a Super Bowl championship. Yeah, you're definitely right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I have to say it's a failure also. I was going to be a little bit more upbeat about it, um, but winning one playoff game is nice and all, but it just it, it does become a disappointment when you're up 21-0 against an opponent in the playoffs and so early. It's really about controlling the, uh, the game at that point and your defense. Defense did not show up after that first quarter. So it, it's a complete disappointment, but it, it's it's hard because I kind of didn't see the Texans as a full team going this far. I think they would go as far as Lamar, uh, not Lamar, but uh, Deshaun Jackson was going to take them. They're always faulty when it comes to the offensive line, and they're iffy when it comes to defense. So, uh, yeah, I have to say the same thing. It, it is a disappointment, but at the same time, they got further than I thought they would. Um, I mean, they got a little bit further than I thought they would, but I mean, I definitely thought they would make the playoffs going into the season because their division got weaker without Andrew Luck. But they got to take advantage of those opportunities. You're, you're giving a 21, 24 point handicap, and you can't uh, capitalize on that. You got to you got to take that one in. They got to hold up this L. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Um... How confident are you in the Chiefs facing the Titans in their great defense along with the run game? It's funny that you say great defense, but <laughs> I think they're a defense that I guess makes plays in a way, but I wouldn't call that defense great. But <laughs> <laughs> it's all on Patrick Mahomes and that offense. Uh, they have plenty of weapons. Of course, as we saw, they can come back from 21 points down in one single quarter and take the lead at halftime. So it's it's all on the offense and also Andy Reid, their head coach, to see if he can finally get through to uh, the Super Bowl. I mean, he did one time before, but we'll see if he can make it back. And the Titans, they present a pretty big challenge to the Chiefs because if you go back, I can look at the past. The, the Titans have been a little bit of an Achilles heel for the Chiefs. They just lost to them earlier in the season uh, of, of this season. Um, they've also beaten the Chiefs in the playoffs before with Alex Smith while they were at home. And I think it's been a couple of times that the Titans have beaten them before. But that's that's what comes up to me for most recently. So they, they should definitely not go into the game thinking that they're going to just blow them out, even though that could happen. But the, the Titans will present a very big obstacle for them. I, I agree. Uh, I just don't know how this one's going to play out. Um, 
the running game of the Tennessee Titans is very, very dangerous right now. Derrick Henry is on a historic run, uh, and it's, it's all around amazing. He's difficult to tackle, and he has proven that the more and more you have to tackle him, the less and less they want to tackle him. Uh, so and I, I don't have great confidence in the Chiefs' defense, even though they came up uh, pretty good or somewhat good in the tail end of the game for uh, the Texans and the Chiefs. I don't have any type of faith that they can stop Derrick Henry at all, which could lead the Tennessee Titans to making a Super Bowl. Wow, just think. <laughs> Seeing the Titans make the Super wow, Bowl, that's, exactly. that's crazy. It Nobody is. would have thought that. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I can only imagine if somebody put a bet on that early in the season. They would have to be a, a undoubted Tennessee Titans fan. Uh, to even place a bet like that. And even in that situation, no matter how much of a fan you are, you would never make that bet. You shouldn't make that bet, I would say. Yeah, and before the season, I had the Chiefs making the Super Bowl. But, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing the Titans go. Just see if that Cinderella story can keep going. Boy, I swear that uh, Derrick Henry will hands down get the MVP of the Super Bowl if he <laughs> if they make it there and they win. Like, that is... He will hands down get that. And could you imagine uh, uh, Marcus Mariota sitting on the bench and he's, he would have a Super Bowl? Yeah, he would have a Super Bowl and be on another team next year. Because <laughs> hey, so, I don't think they're bringing him back. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but how this is a side question, but like, how confident can you be in your starting quarterback uh, for the Titans? If you have, uh, uh, what's his name again? Tannehill. I think that they're going to give him a pretty good contract, but it's it's not going to be worth it in the end. Um, he's He had a very good season just filling in or just taking over for Marcus Mariota, but I really don't see him being that franchise quarterback. Oh, I agreed. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. So do you go in the market? If you win the Super Bowl, do you go back to the market to get a quarterback? No, I don't, I don't think you do. I, I think you you pay him. You I pay think you him go to Ravens route. You go to Ravens route. <laughs> and I'm not talking about the slacker one. I'm talking about the uh, early uh, Ravens uh, that um, – what, what, who was the quarterback? He's on Hasselbeck. Trent Dilfer. Dilford, sorry, Dilford, Dilford, that's what it was. I'm, I'm giving them too much credit by saying Hasselback. Um, but <laughs> I am. <laughs> but, yeah, they had extreme enough play at quarterback, but won a Super Bowl with a great defense and a good running back. Not They don't have a great running back. They, well, sorry, I'm saying the Ravens didn't have a great, great running back like the Tennessee Titans have right, right now at this moment. But they could follow that model to winning a Super Bowl and – Possibly after the Super Bowl, why would you trade away the person who was at least a great game manager to get you there or win? Yeah, yeah. Give him like a short three-year contract. See if he that's can short? prove himself to get another one. That's short? Three years is short? That's that's long for me. Uh, I'm going to go year by year with Tannehill when he was just at the <laughs> Miami Dolphins. I'm going year by year with that, hands down. You would like to, but in this situation, it would be hard to keep him. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, you, you're right, but uh, I don't see his value going up anywhere else. Somebody will take him. Yeah, I, I agree. Agree. 
So we get to that last game, which is the Packers versus Seahawks. A pretty close matchup, which ended very late in the game, but the Packers came out on top at Lambeau. Now, it's been a lot of things and a lot of questions about both teams and both starting quarterbacks on whether they could make it back to the Super Bowl. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers has gotten a little bit further here in this situation. But since your bet is that the Packers will win the Super Bowl, Muhammad, your bet is, do you completely feel the Packers are the best team left in the playoffs? No, I really don't think they are the best team in the playoffs. But I do think that they do have the best quarterback left in the playoffs. Um, Jimmy G really can't hold a candle to Aaron Rodgers. I know he hasn't performed at the best of his ability this year, but I still feel like he hasn't declined much at all. Um, And I think he just has a well-rounded team that he hasn't had before, which will carry him to another Super Bowl ring. Okay. Well, I, I do agree that they're not the, favorite or they're not the top team in this uh this left in the playoffs there's only four teams left and really when i look at it i kind of put them fourth is just looking at it uh because i'm definitely thinking the chiefs are the top team left in the in the playoffs right now and then it's going to be a toss-up between uh whether you're going to go with the running game with derrick henry with the tennessee titans or you're going to lean on the defense of san fran and how they've been consistent all year and that's kind of a tie for who's second and who's third so i really put the packers at last in that race uh right now still in the playoffs so you think the titans are better than the packers right now like right right now yes yes with derrick henry completely behind what he has done in the past two playoff games. Yes, I'm taking that and that history over what the Packers have done in the playoffs so far, even though they both won. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do you disagree? No, no, I disagree. I think that their quarterback is probably the worst one left in the playoffs. True, um, I agree. Of course, Derek of course, Derrick Henry is probably the best running back left, but that's that's pretty much it. I, I know they they play they have a pretty good defense that can make plays, but it's not like they are a lockdown type of defense. With Aaron Rodgers' team, his team has a pretty good running back and a number one wide receiver, and also Aaron Rodgers, and they have some playmakers on defense. So I feel like they're the most well-rounded team that he's had in a very long time, and. Just being that well, I think it makes it better than the Tennessee Titans, at least. Well, the team is not well-rounded. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is. Now, if oh, I'm you, you saying the Green Bay Packers aren't well-rounded? Uh, overall, right now, I would say the Chiefs over them. I know we're not comparing those two teams, but uh, I don't. I don't think that the. I, I would think that Tennessee's defense is better than Packers' defense. Um, maybe a tiny bit, but not by much. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying by a lot, but I am saying that they're better. This is the playoffs. You're still there. So, yeah, you have to be somewhat well-rounded in some type of way to still be in the playoffs or at least got that by and won that one game uh, to get to this round of the playoffs. Um, So, yeah, we're, we're, of course, picking, like, picking at this situation a little tightly because it's only four teams, but I actually that's the most unlikely matchup people see in the Super Bowl happening. Tennessee versus the Packers. 
out of all combinations in your head, did you think of the Super Bowl possibly being the Tennessee Titans versus Packers? Uh, not in the Titans, but Packers, yes. Yeah, but I mean combination. Because you know how people prep their heads for what type of matchups they want to see in the in the Super Bowl? I don't think anybody's really reviewed the idea of Tennessee versus the Packers. You might have even uh, compared the Tennessee versus San Fran, but in my head, maybe it's just me, but I never really put that idea that that could be the matchup for the Super Bowl, especially looking at the beginning of the season, looking into now. Well, I would have never picked either one as far as the Tennessee Titans or the 49ers when the season began. Nobody would have thought that they would be in the, um, at this point, in the NFL playoffs or even potentially just going to the Super Bowl. True, but there's always surprises on teams, and Tennessee is more of a surprise than San Fran is, I would say, because there was some type. Oh, only because there was some type of hype surrounding Jimmy G, even though he's not the reason they are there. It's because of that little bit of hype. The fact that he did when he was starting, he had lots of wins, and right now it's still being proven to be true, even though he's not really the reason they are at these points. Last year, he didn't really do much. I mean, I don't know if he got injured, but he didn't really do that much. No, I mean, when he played, he did, like, win-wise. Not, not saying stats, because I'm not telling you he's producing the stats. I'm just saying. Even last year, record, whenever he was playing, they didn't win. I, I'm really not sure, because it's been far removed in my memory. Anyway, and it's not like I'm really defending the whole San Fran anyway. I'm just saying that they're both surprises. And my original point is just I just wouldn't imagine – uh, the matchup between Tennessee and the Packers. We're getting a little bit too far into that. Uh, so I'll move to the next question, which is, do you see this season as a underachievement year or an overachievement year for the Seahawks? Um, I feel like this is right where everybody thought they should be. I did think that they might go to the Super Bowl, but most people didn't think so. So they kind of got in between there. They got to the second round of the playoffs, not to the uh, NFC championship game, but they kind of finished somewhere in the middle. Uh, Russell Wilson, he played great throughout the season. Everybody had him in the MVP conversation, but they just came up short. So I, I think it's right where they, right where everybody thought they would be when you average out everybody's thoughts. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, w- I would say if I'm looking at it right now, I would say it's an overachieving year, only because of the lack of weapons. Uh, now, that's only if I had to choose one. And I know you kind of rode the fence on that one, kind of like right where they're supposed to be. But if I had to choose one, I'm going to say it's an overachieving year because they were quite inept when it came to receiver. And I wouldn't say so much when it came to running back, but they didn't really get much help till late in the playoffs with Marshawn Lynch. Not even saying he was that overwhelming of effect. Uh, they only got one playoff win with him. Uh, so I'm going to say an overachieving year. It, it's easy to say they underachieved because they lost at this point, and there's a lot of expectations surrounding Russell Wilson and his greatness. And the fact that he even was going to be second in the MVP race for this year. So I would say it's an overachieving year especially when it comes to Russell Wilson's stats? Um, I, I thought it, last year was an overachieving year because they lost a lot of weapons. But this year, I, I felt like they kind of 
uh, re-up themselves on getting some weapons on offense and defense with, with uh, DK Metcalf um, at receiver and Jadavion Clowney on the defensive line. So I, I feel like they upgraded some. Yeah, they upgraded defense, definitely. But there are definitely no Legion of Boom, but they upgraded on defense. Now, I don't really care. I, I, I wouldn't say they super upgraded when it came to CJ Metcalf. He was serviceable. I, that's what I would say he was. Uh, but he's no serviceable. Star. Yeah, he's serviceable. He, he's no uh, giant no. giant star in the league right now. Like he was, he he was a star because be. Russell Wilson made him, made him a star. No, he he is an athletic freak that really did well. I mean, he he set a record against the Eagles. Had like 160 yards uh, receiving and all that stuff. It, so, it, it's not like he is a mediocre wide receiver. Did he break any other records this year? No, I was just talking about in his first playoff game. No, uh, serviceable is above average. That means you fill the slot. You know, you're not an overwhelming effect, and you're definitely not underwhelming. You're you're serviceable. You're perfect. Perfect at least enough till we get something even better. Now, uh, I would say <laughs> yes. I, that's what I'm not saying. Like I think you need a star when it comes to uh, what the team has when it's with Seahawks. For Russell Wilson, they need an undisputed star, not a serviceable uh, re- uh, receiver. Like he's good, yeah, I'll give you good, but he's no superstar. I, I don't think you need a superstar though. Mm, I, yeah, tomato, tomato on that one. They still lost either way. But um, just to move it along, there's of course we didn't mention this in the beginning, but it's been a big story with baseball, a very very big story, as we've uh, mentioned slightly before. Uh, baseball has been changing the rules, and even one thing that has been broken for a while, broken rules with certain franchises. Actually, two of the previous World Series winners. Now, the Astros, the Houston Astros, have recently been in the news, uh, baseball team, for, for their involvement in a scandal that involved them using the stadium's cameras to steal signs from the other team so that they would have an advantage during games, especially focusing in on 2017 year, which is the same year that they won the World Series. Now, recently, just this week, the MLB has come down very hard, well, slightly hard, on the franchise as they have found them actually guilty of using the cameras to cheat, which is a big deal when you are affecting who actually wins the World Series. Uh, now, within 30 minutes of the MLB announcing this publicly, the GM of the Astros, Jeff Lunau, and the manager, AJ, AJ Hinch, Hinch, was fired by Jim Crane, the owner of the Astros, quite quickly uh, after that punishment was dealt out. Now, of course, it confirms the day of cheating, and it also kind of lets you think, uh, make you think about the next team that is also implemented in the same type scandal, the Red Sox. Well, the Red Sox scandal focuses around the 2018 season where they were accused of also using the cameras to steal signs and also won the World Series within the year that they are really being investigated on uh, for cheating. So, and, oh, and sorry, it just, just uh, and not too long ago, uh, the Red Sox and the manager, Alex uh, Soro, Soro uh, he actually reached an agreement with the franchise. 
the Red Sox to part ways. Kind of with the looming idea that they're going to also deal out the same punishment to the Red Sox. So I ask, are you shocked at the punishment dealt out? And do you see this deterring any other team from using the same methods if it comes with a World Series ring? I feel like uh, teams are still going to do it. <laughs> I don't. I feel like there's more than just one of these teams when you go with the Astros and the Red Sox. There's more teams out here doing this. Um, well, let me, let me give you a little bit more context. I forgot. I did not mention that they also had – it wasn't just a suspension, but they were also penalized a first round and a second round pick out of the draft of the 2020 draft and the 2021 draft and also fine $5 million. But they're still going to cheat if they need to, to get a championship because that's what it's all about. Getting those championship rings for the franchise and getting your franchise uh, out there for people to see, because whenever you win uh, championships, the merchandise goes up, people jump on the bandwagon and get more of your product. So, if that's what it it takes to get those championships, then teams are gonna, still going to do that, even if it costs them some money, uh, a little $5 million uh, penalty, and some draft picks. But as long as they get that championship. But I, I think it was pretty fair that they came down hard on them, and this will not deter teams from continuing to use these type of methods. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm not shocked by the punishment. I'm definitely not shocked by the punishment, just the uh, answer there. Now, those draft picks and all of that is too possibly deterred, but $5 million is very small ball when it comes to baseball. You've seen contracts be signed for eight-year spans with $400 million, $500 million, whole uh, estates versus, uh, worth of money. So $5 million is a whole is very small. That's a very small uh, slap on the wrist. Now, maybe the draft picks, but... I don't think there's not a real punishment until you vacate the wins, until you take away the championship. You simply just put a black mark on the season, which is one thing I really don't think they want to do, uh, but they should do. It's just something they you're like you can't avoid it. Like it's that's one of the most biggest upper hands to a baseball game to know exactly what's coming. Now, I understand you have to hit it, but part of the game is prediction along with athleticism. So I have to say they vacate the wins. Uh, so I'm shocked that they're not punishing them harder. And whether it deters other teams, I think it does. I think it does deter them maybe a little bit. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not fully sure. I'm just not sure how much people are really willing to risk because they did get caught and they do have a championship. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to be, but I'm on the fence on that one. I'm not sure whether it will deter them or won't deter them, maybe if they vacate the wins. I don't think they're going to be deterred from doing this. As long as they get the championship, it brings in more money. As long as they can make more money down the line. So I think that the teams will just be a little bit more careful about how they do the things, but they'll still cheat in some type of way. And to throw a shot like the Patriots, but I'll, I'm sorry, I'll move on quickly on that one. <laughs> I know you can't appreciate that shot. <laughs> oh, no, I'm waiting for you, for you to go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, who? how many other teams do you think also were using the cameras to cheat? Uh, I mean, 
it could be all of them, but uh, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe not all of them, but it's definitely more than just those two teams. It's it's probably multiple teams, and they will find other ways to uh, use method of cheating to get them a championship. I think at least half. I think half. I think this is just the better of the cheaters. I think this is a situation just like in the steroids era. It was just who had that extra little bit on top of the even slightly even playing field that was there. It kind of seems like if you weren't doing it, you were just stupid as a franchise. And it's like the winners, they were over here knowing they needed to cheat because the other ones are cheating also. Um, Or at least the Red Sox got a whiff of what happened with the Astros and got it to happen to them. Uh, as they as actually, um, pretty, didn't they just win the World Series this year also? Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I don't they did. know. <laughs> it, it was it was the Astros. Um, it's, and hopefully I'm not incorrect on this one, but I'm pretty sure they also won the World Series this year, which makes it even dirtier uh, of a situation um, when it comes to baseball. So, uh, which makes a really big question here. Uh, including the steroids era of the 90s and these 2020, well, 2010s and possibly the early 2000s of cheating with cameras. Since it is now, now proven that the MLB has cheating throughout two recent eras, do you feel it is the perfect time to change the entire game and pander towards the fans and let a little bit more excitement into the league? Yeah, it probably is time to uh, pander to the fans, but I'm not sure what can really help the MLB at this point. But the game of baseball just might be doomed <laughs> just because of just what it is. I'm not sure what they can really do to get more fans in. They do have the cheating scandals with the steroids and cameras and all that stuff, but it it just doesn't interest as many people as they want it to. People still get paid a whole bunch of money, but I'm on the side of pandering towards the fans. Yeah, I, I think at this point, you can't trust the result of baseball. And it's just been such a long spread time. And even if you want to give that little bit of gap where maybe there wasn't any steroids happening and maybe they weren't using the cameras, you want to count that era that people tend to actually forget about because after steroids, it just wasn't that exciting. If you want to count that into the record books as it, the sport being clean, I guess you can do that. But it's, there's no clear evidence other than roughly about 30 years of dirty practices uh, towards a game against its own rules. So. I think it's the perfect time. I think they just need to seal the record books because I think what they're what's really keeping them from changing the game is all history books. And they don't even count the people of the newer era as being able to beat out other records. And they don't want them to beat other records. For example, Barry Bonds and things like that, like even though the playing field might have been actually even at that time. I think it's the perfect time to just simply seal the books. You cannot put any more records into this book. This is the old baseball. We have now a new baseball, so you can all now be a part of the new records. Yeah, that that would be a good thing. But, I mean, how are you going to get more people into the league as far as being more interested? So I, that's the next They have step. the money. <laughs> they, I agree. They have the money, but they, they're going to have to partake in a little bit of XFL type of rule changing. You know, I, I agree with that. 
Um, they're gonna have to have a lot of more, a lot more explosive plays and a lot more scoring. But I'm not sure. It's it's just gonna be hard. You and just to go back on who won uh, mm-hmm. this past year, it was the Washington Nationals. Nationals. Oh yeah, that is right. Sorry about that because I remember Bryce Harper had just left them and he won. They won a national. Uh, sorry, not a national championship, but a World Series. Ah. Watch, he'll find it. We'll find out that they cheated also. But so don't fret out there. Um, but uh, I would say, yeah, baseball just needs to move on. They need to move on. And uh, what I was going to mention is, you know, what just popped in my head with uh, baseball. Hopefully it doesn't end up this way. But basketball. Remember that old movie? I don't know what that is. Well, look it up. It's crazy. Like It's, it's a funny, it's like maybe a early 2000s movie. It was fully a goof type movie where they were, it was a weird sport. It was a mix between basketball and baseball. And it was supposed to be, I think, in the future where they had all these weird rules, but it was kind of like baseball, but also pandered way too much towards the crowd. It's worth one only look, <laughs> but uh, it's worth a mention. <laughs> okay, well, it came out in 1998, and it's rated R. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I knew it was kind of uh, near the 90s, but I wasn't sure whether it was past the 2000 mark. <laughs> I'm, I might look at I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, but only because in the moment, trust me, everybody who saw that movie at that time felt that movie was stupid, but as you go along, you're like, oh, wow, this is they were literally making fun of absolutely everything. But we got way off track. I do think baseball should change. And uh, it's just going to be more of this happening to baseball over the next coming years where no one's going to trust results. No one's going to uh, care about tuning in and they simply can't even get their rules right. Yeah, I agree. You got to change something. So, of course, there was the national championship this morning. This Monday, where giant matchup between the Tigers versus the Tigers, LSU versus Clemson. Now, in this situation, uh, Clemson could win three out of the last four championships. And in this situation, LSU can have an extremely historic year. In the end, LSU came out on top and by somewhat of an, a lot. Uh, it was an ex- at least an interesting game throughout. So I ask, is this the best season ever for a college quarterback since Joe Burrow did reach 60 touchdowns, won the Heisman, and also in the national championship? Um, it's it's really hard to say if it is, but I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say yeah, it is. Uh, 60 touch, 6,000 passing yards. And only six interceptions with a high completion percentage and winning all those accolades with the Heisman National Championship and all that stuff. Yeah, it's probably the best one for a quarterback. Didn't lose a game. Uh, won just about everything. I'm not saying he's the most talented quarterback to ever come out of the car. For one season, he had the best season ever. I can maybe, maybe agree, but I, I'm real partial. I, I, I'm more reminisce of uh, Cam Newton's year where he transferred, he won the Heisman and won a national championship. He just doesn't have the quarterback, uh, sorry, the touchdown. And also, I forget uh, to add the stat that Joe Burrow also ended uh, with second in 
field and pass percentage uh, over this year. He broke that record too. So um, I, I'm I'm just partial to the Vince Young year. I'm I'm partial to the Cam Newton year, and I'm even partial to the Vic year where he didn't even win the national championship. So by looking at the numbers, I should say it's the best one, but I'm kind of looking at what I think he will be in the NFL, and I think he may be as good as Andy Dalton. Sorry to put so much disrespect on his name. I don't disagree with that. I mean, he could be way worse in the NFL, but for this one season, what he did, it has to be the best so far. I, I, maybe by the numbers. Like, I, and just... I'm not as partial to him. It's not much I care to extremely root for. I'm not rooting against in any way. Um, I actually like LSU. It was just a hard matchup between who I was choosing between uh, Clemson and LSU. I was going for Clemson. Uh, Maybe that's what makes me not fully give him his credit because I do know the numbers. Uh, I do know he won the Heisman. I do know he won the national championship. I also know they scored the most points in a national championship in the SBS uh, era of college football. So, uh, it, yeah, I'm, I'm actually making your point for you, and it, it's sad to say. <laughs> yeah, so just let it go. Don't worry about what he's going to be in the future. Just look at what he just did this year. I, I guess, but in my head, I really think that I'm not going to end up remembering him as the best quarterback in college history ever i just don't feel like i'm going to remember him that way and anyway he may be like seven down the list and if we get 10 years from now i'm not going to remember his name maybe maybe he turns into uh baker mayfield of this past season but uh, for now i gotta give him his credit I don't remember Baker, but I even I was thinking about different years of uh, quarterbacks where it, it, like Tim Tebow. I can't uh, I just it's hard to quantify who had the best ever quarterback uh, year. Um, so I right now, I know I made the point for him being that and by stacks, he is that but in my heart. I do not feel that way because I don't think I'll remember him in 10 years. All right. Well, I guess there's no way to convince you. So um, I'm just going to say, look <laughs> at the stats. True. Very true. Very, very true. So is your faith in Dabo Sweeney or the talent that he had around him? I think it's in both. I, I think he's a pretty good coach. Um, he definitely turned Clemson around and he has them at their apex right now. I can't remember exactly how they were before he, he came there, but I'm pretty sure they weren't good. That's why he got hired. Well, but he was a he, um, interim coach. Okay, but and then he he, the, he definitely him. turned them around though. Yeah. So they they have never been on this type of run before, being in this many national championship games and having this amount of talent. And just looking at the recruiting class, they have just as much talent as they did this year. So I, I say that they keep rolling, and they should be favorites going into next season. Wow, favorites next season, but no trend. So would you put more faith in the Les Miles era or the Dabo Sweeney era? More faith in Dabo Sweeney because he's already Ooh. got two national championships. Um, Les Miles, did he only get one? Yeah. 
So, yeah, it's, I mean, definitely with Dabo Sweeney. You've been in three of the last four, I think, and maybe four. I, I can't remember how many, but no. he's been in a good amount of championship games. Yeah, yeah, I would say less. Uh, actually, you said Dabo Sweeney. So, wait a minute. Yeah, but I'm talking Dabo about Dabo was, Sweeney. But he hasn't been in, the, you talking about a national championship? Yeah. They've been in multiple national championship games. They did it twice with um, Deshaun Watson and then twice just now with uh, Trevor Lawrence. You know, I, I, I'm i sorry. I, I was getting coaches' names mixed up a little bit here. Uh, what's the coach for LSU? <laughs> okay. When you said Les Miles, he was the previous uh, LSU coach. So yeah. I, I thought you might have been talking about his era, but it's Orgeron or something like that. I don't know. Dave Ogeron? Yeah. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, not that we can keep the questions how they were. And, of course, I, I, I did never actually, I think, I supplied an answer. Uh, but even if I'm comparing those two, I'm still, I'm putting it on Les Miles. Uh, sorry, De- De- sorry, not the Les Miles, but the Dabo Sweeney, uh, because he definitely was there. He's been there, and he's proven he could do it multiple times with multiple quarterbacks. Uh, now, just to kind of change that question, uh, would you put more faith in the Les Miles era or the uh, – I keep forgetting his name. What is his name again? Orgeron. Yeah, Dave Orgeron. <laughs> Sorry about that. I, I just cannot remember his name. I can remember his face, but not his name. Um, I mean, that, that's hard to say. Uh, Orgeron is pretty early in his career uh, with LSU, so it's, it's really hard to say. I'm going to have to give it some time. Les Miles, he really – did a lot of good things with LSU, but it ended up badly. That's why he ended up getting fired. So I'm going to go on the side with Les Miles because he had a lot of great talent, carried them to a, a lot of great championships. Well, not championships, but bowl games. And um, he was pretty successful in his time there. So we are still writing the book on Orgeron. Okay. I can uh, agree to that. Just keep it short. Uh, but this has been So You Think You Know Sports. Uh, we go on into the question part, which, like always, there are three questions. There are multiple choice. Your guess is about as good as mine. Muhammad comes up with the questions, and I try to give you a little bit of commentary if I do know something about it and, of course, get the answer right. So go ahead, Muhammad. Go with the first question. How many years must a player be retired to be eligible for the Pro Football Hall of Fame? A, five. B, seven, or C, six? I actually really do know this question. I, hopefully I'm not incorrect, but I'm pretty sure I know the answer on this one. Um, just to kind of go with the people who are up for this year, um, I'm trying to remember the people who are up for this year. Do you know the, uh, some of the players who are up for this year? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> okay, so go ahead and just repeat the question and answer again, and uh, I'll go ahead and answer it out. How many years must a player be retired to be eligible for the Pro Football Hall of Fame? A, five, B, seven, or C, six? It is A, five years. That is correct. So I'll go with number two. What college did Jimmy Garoppolo attend? A, North Dakota State, B, Boston College, or C, Eastern Illinois University. Oh, God, this is hard. Like, I am not really sure. Good God, that was, uh, yeesh. Jimmy Graham, right? 
No, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. Sorry about that. I was thinking Jimmy Graham. I would have got this completely wrong. Uh, Okay, that might be um, not as easy. (laughs) But go ahead and read the question and answer. I can't even give you commentary. What college did Jimmy Garoppolo attend? A, North Dakota State, B, Boston College, or C, Eastern Illinois University? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's A, North Dakota State, but I could be wrong, but I'm going to go with A. That's wrong. Ah. It's (laughs) Eastern Illinois University. Carson Mm. Wentz went to North Dakota State. Ah. I knew somebody went there. <laughs> I just heard that enough, so that's why I went with it. I, I wasn't even sure where I heard it, but I definitely heard it. Go ahead with the last question. Which of the following NFL teams has yet to win a Super Bowl? A, Minnesota Vikings, B, Kansas City Chiefs, or C, Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Mm. You said never won a Super Bowl, right? Never. Uh, there's a good amount of uh, teams that have not won the Super Bowl yet. Um, and there's two teams that are tied for the most. Or did the Patriots take over that last year? No, what I'm saying is which oh, no, have I, never won one. No, I know. I, I, I was going to answer that, but I'd rather give you commentary about the other because it's better. Um, did the Patriots take over with seven? No, it's, it's tied. It's tied. It's tied. So. They have six. Okay, so, so they're still tied on most Super Bowls. And a bunch of other teams do not have Super Bowls. But go ahead and repeat the question and answer again, and we'll meet you next week for more great information about sports. Which of the following NFL teams has yet to win a Super Bowl? A, Minnesota Vikings, B, Kansas City Chiefs, or C, Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Okay, so I know the the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, so I can definitely easily count them out. Uh, they added one with Derrick Brooks, uh, Warren Sapp, and all those, uh, John Lynch. Uh, so I know it's not going to be Tampa Bay. Chiefs, I'm not sure whether they won a Super Bowl. And what was the other team again? Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings. Oh, God. Has the Vikings won a Super Bowl? I feel like they have. So I'll go with the Chiefs. That's wrong. Ooh, it's actually the Minnesota Vikings. Jeez, I, I wasn't sure uh, about that one. Dang, that's disappointing for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, but, hey, I got one out of three. Maybe I'll do better next week. But this has been So You Think You Know Sports. See you next week.